Good morning. This is Emily Landry. We are here for the next installment of WP Cares with the Gladney Center for Adoption. I am here with Griff Babb, one of our audit partners, and Mark Nelson, the president and CEO of Gladney. Uh, I have had the honor of getting to work with the Gladney team before, so I know a little bit about you, but for those who haven't, can you tell us a little bit about Gladney? Certainly, and, and happy to be here. Thank you so much for this invitation and to share our story. Gladney's been around for 136 years this year, and we have one very simple belief that every child deserves a, a loving and caring family, and that has been the belief from day one and all the way up to today. Uh, during that time frame, we placed a little over 33,000 little kiddos into loving, caring families all across the country. And uh, Gladney operates in most states around the country. We also operate in three countries right now, China, Taiwan, and Colombia. We also do a lot of work in the Texas foster care system. So we work with families who are all over um, seeking to adopt, and whether that's through international adoption, domestic adoption, an infant, or out of the foster care system. So we're excited to, uh, and honored to get to do what we do. That's great. So, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role at Gladney? Sure, sure. Um, as the president and CEO, I'm kind of responsible for the oversight of the operations of the organization and to make sure that we are staying on track with our strategic plans as we look to the future um, and how we grow. Uh, I have a number of people that directly report to me. The different op uh, adoption operational programs report to me as well as some of our administrative areas as well. But um, my background has more been on the nonprofit fundraising side. I grew up in that area. And uh, but coming on to Gladney now 15 years ago, uh, starting out on the fundraising side and moving into operations and eventually the CEO, it's been a it's been a treat to see how we've evolved and grown, especially these last few years through the, the challenging times in our country. For sure. Griff, why don't you tell us about your story with Gladney? Sure. Yeah. So here at Whitley Penn, we've worked with Gladney, I think, since I've been at the firm, which now is about 21 years. So. It's been a great relationship from a, a business standpoint, but um, became a little more personal a few years back when uh, my wife and I decided to adopt. So we had a, a little girl, a, a biological little girl, and had a lot of uh, challenges, I would say, with with that pregnancy and, um, and all of that. And, and we had talked about adoption before then, so when we decided to expand our family, uh, adoption made a lot of sense. And um, Gladney made a lot of sense. We were very familiar with them from working with them here at the firm and, and knew, knew a lot of folks over there and knew they did an exceptional job um, with, with everything they do from, um, you know, our side, the adoptive family, but also, you know, the birth mother and birth father side of the uh, picture. So. Uh, we're super comfortable with their process and, and went through that. Um, let's see, uh, she is 11 years old now, so 11 years ago, uh, which, which is crazy. Time, time really flies. So, um, <clears throat> but I you know, couldn't have had a, a, better, um, a better process throughout the adoption. Um, and you know, I, I, we'll probably get into it a little more, but it, you know, they, Gladney does a whole lot of training on the front end and, and you get to hear from some people that have gone through the process and everybody tells you like how, you know, once you meet um, the child you're adopting, it's like, 
they're part of your family instantly and it's it's true so sorry i'm <laughs> getting a little choked up but it's like they're just it, it's just a match and the way the process works i think is part of that and you know our family wouldn't be the same without harper in it making me choke up too <laughs> so Griff spoke a little bit about the adoption process at Gladney. Mark, would you walk us through that and how you kind of partner kids with families? Yeah, I'm happy to. So it kind of depends upon the program. So like Griff, um, when they came to Gladney, as, as he said, they were wanting to expand their family through adoption. Their first pregnancy had been a challenging pregnancy, and so they looked to adoption. We have a lot of families that come in our domestic program, we call it, where either they've, they've struggled with infertility or just, again, it was a challenging pregnancy or they're at a point now where they would rather choose adoption to grow their family. And so when those families come to us, we work closely to match them with an expectant mom uh, that is coming to us as well, that finds herself in an unintended pregnancy. And as you can imagine from an emotional standpoint, our families come to us and uh, they're, they're nervous, they're excited, they're, they're hopeful. And when an, uh, an expectant mom comes to us, she's kind of in a different place. She is struggling a little bit. And, and th this was not necessarily the plan she had lined out. And now she's trying to determine what are the best options for her and her child. Our focus at that point on the domestic program is to make sure we make the right match. Um, the expectant mom has a lot of say in that now. And this is, I would say, a relatively new change in the last 20 to 30 years. Prior to that, all the decisions were made by the agency, but now an expectant mom has an opportunity to meet their adoptive parents, get to know them a little bit, learn more about them. So she feels comfortable when she makes that decision to place that child into their arms. She knows her child is going to a good place. Um, many of the adoptions this, these days are more open. So you'll, uh, an adoptive parent will have a relationship potentially with their expectant mom or expectant parents. Um, birth parents and uh, but not always it just sort of depends upon the relationship and and but through our post-adoption team our families will supply updates about how their child is doing and we share those with birth mom and let them know um, how that process is going on the foster side it works quite a bit different the state manages that process so in general the motivation is different you know, a family comes forward they may have already had children that they've raised or chose to wait until a little bit later in life to 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 start the adoption process and they may want an older child the kiddos are a little bit older um, here in texas alone we have it, it, it depends upon the day anywhere from 20 to 30,000 kids that are living in foster care there's anywhere from Five to 10,000 of those kiddos that are available for adoption. That means that the parental rights have been terminated. The kiddos are more than likely not going to go back home and there may not be a kin that's going to adopt them. And so we are actively searching for families for these kids. And in that process, as you can imagine, it's a little bit more intense. Some of the kiddos have come from a hard place and so they may have a few struggles. So we have to do a lot of uh, intensive training with our families to prepare them for the child that would be going into their home. But we want to make sure we support them through that process as well and give them the knowledge, not only on the front end, but on the back end as well. International work similarly to, to, to foster care. You work with an orphanage partner in another country. Um, the family obviously travels over there to pick up their child. They have what's called a dossier that they prepare for the inter-country officials in the other country. They review and make matches based upon what the family is looking for. And then families travel over to, to those countries and take place with their child and bring them back to the U.S. That's incredible. So what support is offered to the birth mothers and the adoptive families after the adoption so, process takes place? 
Certainly. Well, we begin all of that support well before the adoption's mm-hmm. taken place. So if you think about our expectant moms or our birth moms, um, um, when they come into the process, our focus is how do we help them during that moment? They, they've got a lot of questions. They've got a lot of concerns. We utilize a lot of different counseling sources to support them throughout this journey, not only by the, the caseworker that's working with them directly, but other counselors that we have on our staff to, to support them throughout this journey, whatever may be going on in their life. Post-adoption, we continue those counseling resources. As excited as Griff shared, as excited as his family is to have Harper come into their family and come home, you've got a birth mom on the other side that may not be in the same place. There is a lot of grief and loss that goes on in the adoption process from the birth parent side. Our focus there is to how do we help make this decision at that moment seem like a very rough one, but become the very best decision in her life. We transition her to that next phase of her life. We do that through counseling, but we also do it through training, through education, through other support areas. How do we help her take that next step as a positive step beyond the adoption process? For our families, it works very similarly. Um, We support them all along the journey with education. How do they become the best parents they can be? But also we know on the domestic side and in all of our adoption programs, we are placing a child into their home that is not of their genetics. And sometimes there's gonna be questions, very basic questions, you know, mom, dad, why didn't I grow up in your, you know, your belly and, and grow up? Why did I have another birth mom? Um, all the way to very complicated questions sometimes about genetics and DNA and things like that. We have a team, a post-adoption team that's there to support our families for the rest of their child's life. We've had Gladney babies come back to us in their 80s and want to learn about their birth mom and birth siblings that might be out there. We help to make those matches and and help those families. But we have support services that are, again, very basic just to answer questions to very intricate as it relates to other challenges or struggles that a family may be having. We utilize our counseling services for that. It's incredible. I I think that was one of the biggest things that you know, there's a lot of obviously adoption agencies out there, but I, I, we felt like Gladney did that a lot differently with the counseling. And really for us, like in the beginning, that process, um, like we really worried about the birth mother and, you know, cause she is making a, a sacrifice mm-hmm. and um, that she's taking care of afterwards, whether it's counseling or, or whatever she needs. So that was really important to us. And then also like Mark mentioned the, Kind of ongoing counseling that we can have access to uh, whether it's just a class to take or or more intense counseling that's needed it's nice to know that that that's out there and you just it, there are questions that come up that we don't always have great answers for and and that, that's a great resource to have sounds like it's a good lifelong resource for families it is so do you want to walk through the new clinical and counseling services Gladney's offering? Sure, I'd, I'd be happy to. So for historically, Gladney's offered different counseling services. And if we realize that we can't supply the support that a birth mother or a child or a family needs, then we can refer them out to other resources. What we found, and this is just not with Gladney and our families, we've seen within our society now, um, really a mental health crisis that's happening. And I think COVID sort of amplified some of those struggles and really brought them home. What we were seeing happen over the past few years, families reaching out to us really desperate, saying, my child needs more help and more support. A lot of these families had adopted kiddos, what we call from hard places, from from foster care internationally, and were really looking for resources. And as they did their own investigation, they realized, my goodness, it's going to be seven, eight, ten, maybe up to a year wait 
um, um, before I can get my child in to see somebody that will either take Medicaid or take my insurance or I can even pay. And so this is where we see so many struggles that are happening um, with families along the way. They were reaching out to us saying, what do we do? So we were trying to supply them with resources and get them into clinics and things like that. And for that moment, we paused for a second and said, wait a second. We have clinicians that are here on our campus. Why can't we implement something that can greater support, starting with our families, but then beyond? Gladney operates a home on its campus here in Fort Worth that houses teen and preteen girls who are currently living in foster care. These young ladies are available for adoption, looking for their forever family. But as you can imagine, if they're living with us, they've had a pretty rough, rough road ahead of this. And so we're trying to provide all the support we can. We had already started our intensive counseling program for them. And what we realized in seeing the benefit from that, we could layer that on to our families to start with and then ultimately to the general community. So we started piloting a program this past year. Um, it's, I don't know how to say this in a different way. It's been very successful. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or not because there's been such an outcry for need and support. We've been able to hopefully meet that demand and grow that demand. And now we're expanding it beyond just not only our Gladney families and the different programs that we offer, but then even to beyond that. Uh, right now we're doing in-person and virtual counseling on our, on our campus at Fort Worth. Most of the in-person counseling is with younger kiddos and families. Um, the older kiddos, teenagers and beyond and adults and, and adoptees and birth parents. Um, we can do a lot of that virtually still with our counselors. Um, but this is an area of growth simply because the demand and the need is there. And so we're actively bringing on more clinicians to come on board with us to work, to start helping to manage and take on cases. We're trying to grow this from within as well. We've started a program at Gladney where um, we will hire master's level social workers that are wanting to become therapists. Um, and so they work within our adoption programs. They learn our clientele very well. And then we're able to graduate them through their clinical studies into the to our therapy program. So we're excited to see that roll out uh, over the coming years. But this has really been um, a, a large, uh, not only a need that we're, we're seeing, but a way we can contract, directly contribute back to the community. And I think in a very positive way, not only right here in, in North Texas or the great state of Texas, but actually beyond that. That's incredible. I'm so grateful that y'all are standing in the gap for us. Um, you briefly touched on COVID. Yeah. Do you think that COVID has changed the adoption landscape? It has. It's been interesting. Um, um, we've seen throughout this whole time period, a lot of agencies like Gladney or uh, some smaller agencies that have not been able to sustain themselves throughout this time. And so a lot of what we call partner agencies have gone out of business. Mm -hmm. And we, when COVID was the cause of a lot of that. Um, throughout those challenging times, obviously, um, numbers dipped like for everybody. And so the, the, the financial model of our operations slows down quite a bit. We've been blessed because of our history and because of the support of those that came before us to sustain us through this time. But we've seen a lot of that. Um, sadly, a lot of agencies um, go out of business. That's allowed us or, or sort of forced us to kind of raise the bar for what we can provide in support for families. So COVID did really take an impact there. The other thing during that time, obviously international adoptions shut down completely for a couple of years. We have seen that reopen, but it's reopened very slowly. Um, we even saw the foster adoptions slow down considerably because courts were closed mm -hmm. and we weren't seeing cases go through. So everything just kind of ground to a halt. 
Um, during a time like that, from an uncertainty, you would think that an, an expectant mom would realize, oh my goodness, there's so much uncertainty and I'm now pregnant, so adoption's the way to go. It really works the opposite. Everybody sort of freezes and they don't know what to do, so they do nothing. And we saw that happen a lot. Um, we saw, we were getting a lot of calls from hospitals, from an expectant mom saying, I've got to do something now, we need your help. Um, we've seen a lot of calls now come out of COVID of birth parents who during COVID uh, tried to parent, realized that they, they couldn't do it. And now we're getting calls from uh, 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 birth moms that have kiddos that are one, two, three years old that want to make an adoption plan now. In those situations, we do everything we can to for that not to happen if, we, if possible. How do we supply her with supports? and resources and, and, and just community resource that can help her to parent. But if she can't, then we'll have an adoption option for her and many of them choose that option. So um, we've just seen the whole dynamic of it change. The other thing, and I think as, a, as an organization, all of us have seen that, how we run our business, if you will, is now different from virtual opportunities for our staff to, to how do we integrate back into a, a supportive network within our offices, things like that. We've just really, um, really been forced to be to, to be a learner, I guess, if there's a good word to use, to be a learner during this process, as well as how to be adaptable. Gladney being such an, an older institution, for most of our existence, we made the rules and you follow our rules. And now we've learned we've got to stop and listen a little bit more. And how can we be adaptable, like the Counseling Center, to provide better support to our families? It's really taught us a lot. That's great. Do you have any initiatives you want to share with the community? Well, so Gladney is a nonprofit organization, and so we're always doing fundraisers in the community and trying to help build our brand and, and, and learn more about, have people learn about Gladney. November is National Adoption Month, and so there's great opportunities. We like to hold big events, not only on our campus, but concerts and things like that to really be able to introduce adoption to the community at large. Really, awareness is the key. A lot of times, people simply don't know where to turn. If again, if they have a if they have a, a a friend or a sibling or find themselves in a in an unplanned pregnancy, many times they just don't know where to turn, and that's where we hope they will find us. Um, Gladney operates a, a network of websites called Adoption.com, and that's a great resource for for families and and, and expectant moms and, and and families to go to to learn more about adoption. And as we can spread that message more, that's the main piece where people can get involved. But also, as we look at, we're always actively looking for families, um, especially for some of those kiddos that are coming from hard places. As I said, we've got a lot of kids in, right here in Texas that need a home. And we are actively trying to recruit families to come into these programs. Um, what we want to ensure that they know is the families know we're here to support them in the very beginning throughout and throughout their child's life. We are continuing to learn how can we provide and layer better resources and support for these kids and for these families. We don't just place the child and walk away. They know they can come back to us and we're gonna be there walking hand in hand with them to make sure that that's a successful place. But the last thing we ever wanna do is have to take a child out of a home and we don't like to do that. And so everything we do is to help ensure that that doesn't happen. That's great. So where could you learn more if you wanted to connect further with Gladney? Absolutely. So certainly our, our main website, gladney.org, um, is a great resource to learn about the adoption process, but I would also say adoption.com 
Um, that's an easy one to remember. Um, but you can go there and learn all about different levels of adoption. No matter where you are hearing this podcast from, anywhere in the country, um, you can go on adoption.com and learn not only about Gladney, but about the adoption process, about um, um, or organizations that may be in somebody closer into somebody's area, about resources for birth moms, for kiddos, and just a lot of education and support that's available throughout the adoption process in that journey. We provide a lot of information that's out there. It's incredible. Griff, any final comments from you? I think Mark has covered a lot. I mean, I think, like I said earlier, Gladney's a, a great organization. We had a, a wonderful experience with it. Um, you know, one thing I think that was uh, eye-opening for us as we went through it, and Mark touched on it earlier, is how how adoption has changed over the last several years or 20 years. Um, you know, because we went into it, you hear about closed and open adoptions and in the domestic uh, the domestic piece that we went through, I'd say virtually all of them are, are open, which was a little bit of a surprise to me, but it also made us more comfortable with it because we got to meet the birth mother. In our case, we actually met the birth father as well. Um, and, and you know, you're able to build a relationship there and, um, and they're more comfortable uh, you know, with the whole process and the family and all that. So, like I said, we were, we were really um, happy with Gladney and, and really enjoyed the process. And, and I think the care they take of, of the birth mother was the, the thing that set us, set it apart for us. It's incredible. Well, thank you so much you. for coming and joining us today. Um, I personally believe that the family unit is one of the biggest things that makes a difference in someone's life. And I'm just so grateful that you're connecting families like Griff to their future kiddo and helping all of those adoptive moms and really grateful for that clinical care that you're providing in the new counseling services. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next month with another episode of WP Cares. Oh.